the future of ERP is its ability to harness this powerful tool and to use it to essentially optimize decision-making, to customize and simplify the user experience. That is probably one of the most significant changes that we'll see as it relates to ERP. And then I think it's gonna create many new opportunities for automation. And through all that, managing and understanding the risks of Gen AI will enable our clients to really unlock the value that it can potentially come with. In many ways, I think we'll see a lot of business reinvention. Welcome to the Future of ERP podcast. My name is Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And today I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Oikyu. Hello, everyone. My name is Oikyu Ilgar. I'm a blogger, marketer, and podcaster in the area of ERP and supply chain at SAP. And today we are going to discuss the topic of generative AI and its role in the future of ERP. And to do so, we are joined by Wim Ryman and Elizabeth McNichol from PwC. Welcome, Wim. Welcome, Elizabeth. Could you please introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. My name is Wim Ryman. I'm a partner at PwC Europe, based in our offices in Brussels, Belgium, which is where I lead our SAP cyber security risk and controls practice. And happy to be here. I'm Elizabeth McNichol. I'm a partner in the U.S. with PwC. And I sit in our cyber risk and regulatory practice, but I focus pretty specifically on enterprise applications and security and risk and compliance within those applications. So it's great to be here. It's great to have you both here. So we've been hearing a lot about generative AI, and I always struggle when I say generative AI, so I'll probably shorten it to Gen AI for the rest of the discussion. Um, you can't watch the daily news without the topic coming up, whether it's good news or bad news or fear or opportunities about the topic. But for those not familiar, what is generative AI and what's at stake for businesses? Sure. Thank you, Richard. Let me kick that off. So just in general terms, maybe first, generative AI, it's a subset of artificial intelligence models and algorithms, which is able to produce new content. So basically, Gen AI, it can create, enhance, summarize content out of unstructured data. And this content, it can take on different shapes and forms. It could be text, it could be code, program coding, could be voice, music, images, you name it. If you look at it maybe on a more technical level, generative AI is, or Gen AI is AI technology, which is generally trained over large quantities of text data, text data that can be sourced from public sources like the internet, or also sometimes from licensed data from private sources. And it works basically by predicting the next word in a conversation. These predictions, they're based on probabilities that are established during the training of the Gen AI algorithm and which are subsequently fine-tuned by human feedback, which is also referred to as reinforcement learning. Now, if you talk about the impact on business, I would say the impact or the potential impact is enormous, and that's because of two reasons. First of all, the capabilities of the technology, they have significantly evolved in the recent past, and they're likely to continue to do so in the future as well. And secondly, the technology is available to everybody. You don't need to be a data scientist to create valuable impact with the technology. If you just look at OpenAI's ChatGPT technology alone, it had over 1.5 billion active users in the month of June of this year, just to give you an idea. So impact towards businesses, there's the potential for creating new business models. Companies can have a competitive edge if they apply this technology in an appropriate manner. Companies will have to think on the impact on their people. They talk about a skill set shift. People have to think on how they embed this technology in their day-to-day -day work, in their day-to-day -day activities. People will need to be trained to do that in a proper way 
technically and responsibly. And of course, there's also impact on a contractual level. Think of the IP and where that resides of the content that is produced by Gen AI technology. So in summary, Richard, I'd say that the stakes are very high. Just to add to that, when, and maybe before we get to our next question, what we're seeing is that Gen AI is also becoming embedded in many of the enterprise applications that are out there, right? Which kind of brings us to the topic today. And so the way that we're seeing our clients and companies use Gen AI in both the front and back office is changing the way people get work done. I would imagine it's access to data as well. It's easier to access the information by just asking a question now rather than relying on a standard system and with only the questions or the access to the data that is built into that system. Agreed. And if I just think about the next topic we were going to get into, which is really the governing security and cybersecurity related topics related to ERP systems. I mean, I think very fundamentally, generative AI and AI in general, it takes a lot of time out of different tasks that were previously either difficult to automate or required some form of reason. And so reducing the effort in tasks that required things like documentation and reasoning if I put on my security and controls hat, I think about things like test plans and control documentation and risk documentation and policy documentation. It can be extremely impactful when you apply it to tasks like that. So what are the opportunities that Gen AI technology can bring as it relates to governing security and cybersecurity related topics, in particular in an ERP systems context? So I can talk a bit about where PwC is focusing in the SAP and ERP security and cyberspace as it relates to Gen AI beyond kind of the idea of evolving tasks that require reason. Very specifically, we're looking at five different areas right now. So I mentioned test plans before. So test plan creation can often be time consuming. It can require things like multiple iterations and reviews to validate that things are complete and correct. So what we're doing is developing a solution that aims to reduce the time it takes to create these test plans and to increase the initial quality of the test plan. So that's one item. Another item is in the identification of risks and controls during an enterprise application transformation or implementation. So design documentation as anyone who has been through a system implementation is often voluminous. It can be difficult to understand. It can be difficult to keep updated and current. And so this solution aims to highlight potential controls and areas of, of focus, essentially, in project documentation so that when you get to the end of an implementation, you have your controls already documented as they relate to the design of the system, especially controls that involve things like configuration or security. So another area that we're looking into is in the development of analytics for continuous control monitoring, uh, translating requirements between a control-focused resource and then a technical resource we find to be challenging in general. And so we're looking to create a solution that helps in the interpretation and the translation, really, between controls resources and technology resources. And then another area is something that we're calling the security assistant. So security administration is absolutely an area that we've seen many of our clients struggle with. It's a challenging area. 
again, it requires that interaction between administrators and end users or people that are requesting security. So generative AI can help be that layer of translation between the administrators and the end users. It may replace some of the tasks of a role administrator by addressing access-related questions that come up in that process. And it can also be hopefully impactful as it relates to the prevention of segregation of duties and sensitive access. And then lastly, and I'm sure our list will continue to grow, but for right now, the other thing that we are looking into is emergency access assistant. So like our security assistant, the emergency access assistant would help do things like review access logs for management. It would help gather the logs that can be voluminous and tedious to review, and it can help translate those logs into specific areas that need, that require review or specific areas of risk. You mentioned identifying risks and controls as one of the projects you're working on. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the flip side of all of the big benefits of generative AI. So what risks will organizations need to consider when applying these technologies in a cyber and security initiatives? Good question. In general, I'd say there's four broad categories of inherent risks that are to be considered when applying Gen AI technology, which are also relevant in an ERP and, and SAP cyber context. It's about data risks, model and bias risks, risks related to the prompt and input, and user-related risks. So let's talk a bit more about each of these different categories. So data risks, it's about the data that you basically use to build and to train your model. They're what you see if misleading, harmful content might be created also in a cyber context by not using high quality data. So low quality data training your model is low quality output as well. So that's an inherent risk also plays in an SAP cyber context. Similar when you talk about bias risk, like during the development, it's important to think about ethical considerations in your model, because also there you may result in getting outputs that are discriminatory or that are unfair. So Collaborating with experts around diversity inclusion when developing those models, dealing with those risks is key as well. The other one I was referring to was about the prompt, the input risks. It's about asking your questions in the right way. Sufficiently sophisticated, unsophisticated questions or prompts may lead to misleading, inaccurate answers. So there's also some education that needs to be given to the users. Again, also when you're going to use that model in some of the use cases that Elizabeth was referring to in an SAP cyber context. And then the last category I was referring to the user risks. I think technology is only as smart as the user that is using it. Also in Gen AI, in the sense that a user still needs to be critical with the information that is produced by the technology, by Gen AI, to avoid starting to report hallucinations as facts, which may result in highly visible errors, for instance, in financial statement reporting. So there also, how do you train your users to be critical on the output on the use cases that we just talked about is of utter importance. Next to these four categories, there's other risks that, that may arise, in particular when companies are developing their own proprietary models or when they're adding proprietary or third-party data to existing models. Think of privacy risks, compliance risks with GDPR legislation, for instance, or third-party management risks, legal implications, intellectual property implications, and the like. So therefore, it's important to build in trust by design and not just only think of the speed of going to market, the speed of trying to make developments that generate value for your stakeholders. 
And this is what we refer to as responsible AI. People are a key element uh, in this. So it's important for organizations to work with their talent teams, to work with their HR teams, and to develop training programs to make sure that at all levels of the organizations, people are not only aware of the opportunity that Gen AI brings also in an SAP cyberspace, but also the risks and how to manage those. And you'll see that companies that are able to balance the risks with the rewards of this innovative technology, they'll be able to instill trust in their organization, which is good for business and good for a company's brand in the end. You have to have controls in place then. Well, this is a great technology and a great opportunity to better access data, better make decisions. You've got to have business controls in place to monitor the usage. Absolutely. Yeah. Related to some of the points that Wim is making, I think one of the bigger areas of risk is when you're fine-tuning the models, you could be creating an expected result in that fine-tuning. Yeah. So you need high-quality data and high-quality, essentially, weights to apply to these training models. And then there is an element of monitoring, right? And that kind of becomes the control because you do need to monitor the models to make sure that in that fine-tuning process, I mean, in the process of adding more data, you're not changing the result to be an unexpected result. And as a business owner or decision maker, how can I mitigate these risks that you mentioned and protect my company against this malicious use? There are plenty of reasons that we should all be excited about generative AI. But I would say with any emerging technology, you're going to have new risks. And some of the risks come from the way that the organization will use the technology. Some of the risk can come from external threats. But to manage both kinds of risks and then also benefit from all of the positive things and the power of generative AI, you need exactly what we mentioned, which is responsible AI. And so what is responsible AI? It's really a methodology to develop trusted and ethical use of AI. And so PwC has a, a four-dimensional responsible AI framework. At its core, the framework gets to really four categories or four guiding principles. And those four principles are around strategy. They're around control. They're around responsible practices and then core practices. And so if you think about those four different categories and you think about just the life cycle of Gen AI, so strategy gets to the data and the AI ethics. So considering just what is the use of the data, what is the use of AI, and is it in line with your organization's values? Also in strategy, we look at just policy and regulation. So you need to anticipate and understand any key public policies and regulatory trends, they're going to impact the way that you're using Gen AI. So then from strategy, we look into control. So control is really three things. It's the governance, compliance, risk management. And so how do you look at governance, compliance, and risk management with a lens toward managing the risk of generative AI? And then when you start to get into the other two areas, responsible practices and then core practices, we're really starting to get into some of the points that we've, we've talked about already. So in responsible practices, you think about things like security, right? How do you enhance the cybersecurity capabilities of your enterprise applications and beyond so that they are robust enough and that they're ready for the use of Gen AI? How are you looking at privacy and how are you considering privacy 
with a gen AI lens. How do you think about bias and fairness? We mentioned bias and the prevention of that bias in models. Then we start to look at core practices. So core practices that I already talked about and gave an example of is monitoring. Monitoring would be a core practice that would help reduce the risk of generative AI. So how do I implement continuous monitoring to identify performance drift and risks within my models or unintended changes in my models that are producing some kind of adverse results? Other key points in what we consider core practices are validation. So how do I validate that my models are correct? Uh, their standards, am I following industry standards and best practices? And then problem formulation. So identifying concrete problems you're solving and whether or not those problems really warrant an AI type solution. It's really interesting. You covered five areas of focus at the moment for PwC and that, and you did say, and there will be more. And I can guarantee that everywhere in the business, there will be opportunities to leverage AI. So considering the ever-evolving nature of Gen AI technology, how can organizations ensure they stay ahead of the curve? How do they balance the efficiency and manage the opportunities, the risks, the ethical considerations, and any other aspect how when using an ERP system? Very good question, Richard. And I think there's many elements to consider in that respect. I'll just maybe mention some of the key ones that I think of. I think first an important one is actually what Elizabeth was just explaining, establishing a governance structure and an enterprise-wide generative AI risk management framework. We have the PwC Responsible AI framework that can be an inspiration for companies to establish that governance and risk management framework. Because to have an effective AI governance strategy, it's vital that you engage beyond your risk professionals in your organization. There's many people in and outside the organization that can help influence your ability to use generative AI technology in a responsible way. Think of data scientists from a more technical perspective, data providers to make sure that you get qualitative inputs or data rather to train your models. Experts in the area of diversity and inclusion that we already referred to, but also UX, user experience designers, third parties who you may be engaging, and also think of legal and privacy experts. So that to me is a starting point in terms of reaping the benefits, managing those risks of generative AI. I think subsequently also engage with technology providers, engage in this case with SAP to understand what is on their roadmap when it comes to generative AI, engage with generative AI technology providers to understand what this may mean to your business. Once you have that view, I think it's important that you involve your employees in your organization. They are the eyes and the ears of your company, so to speak, and let them come up with ideas on how to embed this technology in their day-to-day -day work, but also in the interaction that your company has with their customers in the first place. I'm convinced there will be many potential use cases that come out of that. So then it's important to start prioritizing those based on risk and reward and probably start working with some pilots first to learn the tricks, learn what works and what doesn't work. And there you can think of building your own AI factory, so to speak, or engage with a third party like PwC will have such factories to develop your Gen AI algorithms in a secure and controlled way. And do that with an agile way, think of sprints, trial runs. And once you have established your good pilots that have proven to bring the value that you and your customers and stakeholders expect, you can then further roll out these initiatives, ideally under the oversight of some kind of an enterprise program office. 
to conclude, and I think that's what Elizabeth already referred to as well, it's important that once these models are up and running, that you continue to monitor your foundational models as well from a compliance perspective, but also for drift that may be happening, hallucinations that may come up. And there you have governance models like the framework that, or the tools that Elizabeth was referring to in the PwC context as well. Those are some of the elements that I see. As we come to the end of the podcast, are there any other topics that we didn't cover? Are there any questions we should have asked? I think would, always an interesting question is just kind of what will the future bring, especially as it relates to enterprise applications? Wim referenced the number of users that are already in generative AI solutions and how staggering the increase of the number of users is. And so I think one, we need to assume that we are becoming familiar with this technology and that people are starting to use generative AI as part of what they do every day. And so with that, I just look at the pace of advancement in this area is already staggering. If you looked at that same number, Wim, a year ago, yep. you'd be nowhere close to the number where we are today. So just like the investment and the attention, I, I don't think that there's an industry or a sector that's not thinking about how to quickly drive innovation and use cases. And so I just think that we will see the pace continue at a level that just historically it hasn't been. And so that's exciting. With that, yes, you absolutely need to think about all the things that we've covered on how to control the risk of that, but it is absolutely a really exciting time. And then I would also just add that much like other computing innovations, you look at kind of task-driven things like co-authoring and responsive web design and autocomplete. This will just become an expected feature in enterprise applications that users will interact with. And so in some cases, while the pace of change is significant, I think we'll also start to see that there's just an expectation that this is a feature in everything that users interact with. And I think it will become a bit more routine. So absolutely an exciting time. I think it's an amazing opportunity for our clients. I think if I just look back over the course of my career, this type of pervasive innovation, it just doesn't happen every day. And so I think we've got this opportunity to revolutionize the way that we work. You've set me up perfectly for the last question that we ask all of our guests. And this is the future of ERP podcast. So the obvious question is taking Gen AI into account, what is the future of ERP? The future of ERP is its ability to harness this powerful tool and to use it to essentially optimize decision-making to customize and simplify the user experience. That is probably one of the most significant changes that we'll see as it relates to ERP. And then I think it's going to create many new opportunities for automation. And through all that, managing and understanding the risks of Gen AI will enable our clients to really unlock the value that it can potentially come with. In many ways, I think we'll see a lot of business reinvention. Thank you both for a great conversation. It was truly enlightening. Pleasure. Glad to be here today. Thanks everyone for listening. If you're interested in learning more, please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates about future episodes. But until next time, from Wim, Elizabeth, Oikyu and I, thank you for discussing the future of ERP. Bye.